0: Welcome to the Life and Legacy Show, where we discuss all things elder law, estate, and legacy planning. Hosted by certified elder law attorney, Tim Seckler, from the Seckler Law Firm. And now your host, attorney Tim Seckler. And welcome everybody to this week's edition of the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm, where great families make great estate plans. My name is Tim Seckler. I am a certified elder law attorney. And I am the owner of the Secular Law Firm, and I uh, do this radio show each and every week to get you the information I think you need to know in order uh, to make a great estate plan for your family. And I, I was doing one of our uh, three secrets to protect your legacy workshops this week, which you know we have them all over town and and do that from time to time. And I was uh, I was doing the workshop and. About halfway into it, there was this there was this lady who was sort of I could tell you know she she didn't know a lot about this she was kind of intimidated with with some of the material you could just tell you know I've done a lot of these workshops and I could just tell that that um, she wasn't really getting it at first and then a light bulb went off and and I love this when this happens in our workshop because when I see that somebody gets it when somebody gets what we're explaining and the, and it's like this epiphany like oh I get it. And she like interrupted the entire workshop, and she said, "I want that trust." And when she and, and, you know when, when she said that, we just the, like the whole room kind of laughed a little bit. Like, great, thanks for coming, you know. And and so what I thought I might do on today's episode is sort of uh, explain uh, one or two of the workshop stories that we typically do when when you come to the workshop, just to kind of give you a taste of what the workshop is like. And to, to give you the thing that I, I had said to her that made it sort of click for her why uh, doing estate planning, doing estate planning the right way was, was the right idea. Um, and so before we get into it, though, here's what I want to say. You know, the, the thing I'm about to say could be taken out of context, uh, and I don't want you to assume that just because it was right for the lady that was in the workshop that it's right for you. Uh, every family is different. The finances are different. Tax situation is different. Family dynamics are different. And, and estate planning lands differently on different people, and, and you should consider different um, different tools, different resources. And so I, I say all that to say this is a radio show. This is for your education. I hope you find it a little entertaining as well. But you should not make any legal decisions based on what you hear on this radio show or any other radio show. I'm not here giving you advice on this show. I'm here giving you some information, and maybe you want to attend one of our workshops and get some more information and learn all about it. And if you do, go to estateplantim.com. So my name is Tim Seckler. The law firm is called the Seckler Law Firm, Uh, but that's difficult to spell, and my first name is easy to spell. So just go to estateplantim.com, and you're going to find the workshops tab. You can register for one of our upcoming workshops. We are now running workshops. Around Cranberry, South Point, and Monroeville, uh, so there's lots of opportunities. My goal was try to get a workshop within 30 minute drive of everybody who lives in the greater sort of Pittsburgh area, uh, and so check us out. We got some interesting things to teach you. You're going to learn a lot. You're going to have some fun. You don't have to get out your checkbook. Um, we're just going to uh, we're going to teach you the things that you need to know. Um, <clears throat> so go to estateplantim.com and, and find the workshops, and uh, and we'll see you there. But I was I was talking in the workshop uh about irrevocable trusts and and so let's just chat about trust for a second so I can sort of set the stage for the story that I told that that um was sort of the epiphany moment for this lady that was in the workshop. Um so you could think of a trust uh think of a trust kind of like you might think of uh, like a company, for example. So a company is its own legal entity, right? Uh, I own a thing called the Secular Law Firm. It is its own legal entity. Now I'm in control of it. I own it. I'm in. I'm the CEO of it. Um, but it's its own legal thing. And if you set up a trust, it's kind of like that. So a trust is a contractual arrangement where you, you, you create sort of this new legal entity. Now, there's three people involved. Uh, there's the person who creates it. That person is called the grantor. So I create the trust. I grant ownership of some of my stuff to that trust. I'm the grantor. The trustee is the person in control the person that makes the day-to-day decisions right that's the person in control in the people who are allowed to benefit from the trust well those people are called the beneficiaries right so grantor creates it trustees in control beneficiaries have access. Now, there are revocable trusts and there are irrevocable trusts. And the thing that a lot of people mess up, including like some of my friends in the financial services business, you know, we, we do a lot of work with financial advisors. I've met a lot of financial advisors around the city as we've worked on clients together. And one of the things that that people confuse is that irrevocable trusts are all kind of the same. And I can tell you there are lots of types of irrevocable trust, and irrevocable trusts are used for a lot of different purposes, right? Now, here's the thing that freaks people out is, is when you hear the word irrevocable, what most people think they heard was permanent, right? Uh, set in stone. I, I can't change anything. But that's not really how irrevocable works. Necess- uh, irrevocable trusts necessarily have to work. They're all different, right? And so people are confused by this. And and, and maybe we should come up for a better name of the thing. I, I call the one that I like to use for a lot of my middle class clients is a thing called an asset protection trust. Now, an asset protection trust is a type of irrevocable trust, but it doesn't really work the way that some of the other ones work. Okay, So with an asset protection trust, if I wanted to create this trust, I can maintain all types of control of my money. So let me explain I create a trust. Let's say I am concerned about the fact that if I get sick and I need to go to the nursing home, I'm going to lose all my stuff to a nursing home. And I've got this lovely wife who's been putting up with my stuff for a couple of decades now. And I want to make sure that if I get dementia or if I have a stroke, that my wife still has a house to live in and some money in the bank right that's a goal that i have if if i die young or if i if i get sick i want to make sure that my wife is taken care of and and the problem is we've got this broken government rule book that says if you go to a nursing home which by the way costs 180 grand a year you're going to go through all your money until you're broke then the government will pay for it but You know, I don't want to go broke. And I don't know, you know, you're listening to this thing. I don't know if you want to go broke. I assume the answer is no. We all work to try to accumulate savings, a nest egg, a retirement. And I sure as heck don't want to lose my nest egg to a nursing home or some broken government rule book, right? And so so here's the thing, I can't help if I'm going to have dementia. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of brave and smart people working on the dementia problem, but they haven't figured it out yet. And so I, I can't really uh, I can't really prevent it. But what I can do is I can understand that well, okay, but if I get dementia, that isn't a that isn't a death sentence for my finances, right? I I don't have to go broke. Um, and so We can use an asset protection trust to protect assets. And so the way that the asset protection trust works is the asset, maybe the house, maybe a little bit of money goes into the trust, right? So we create a trust. The trust now owns the thing. Um, I may, in Pennsylvania, I may decide to be my own trustee or maintain some level of control. And one of the things that we're almost always going to be able to do is the grantor with this particular trust, the grantor, the creator of the trust, is going to maintain some level of control, right? Um, the ability, for example, to change beneficiaries of the trust is a thing that we often will include in these trusts. So I create a trust. Yeah, it's irrevocable. And the trust says it's for the benefit of my children. Great. But if my children don't behave the way that I would like for them to behave, if I have a falling out with my daughter later or my daughter is in a divorce or something, I can remove my daughter as a beneficiary and I could name someone else as a beneficiary. This is a thing called a power of appointment, the power to appoint the beneficiaries. Now, where does that come in handy? Well, I could have my house in a trust that says I am not a beneficiary. My children are beneficiaries. But I'm still in control of the thing. Could I could, I could still be the trustee and I could still remove beneficiaries. So I'm clearly in control. I'm just not a beneficiary, which means I can't have the stuff back that I put into the trust. Now, if my house is in the trust, I can sleep in the house every night. I just can't own the house again. And by having my house in this trust, now, if I end up going to a nursing home, the state can't count the house or whatever other money I put in there, right? So I am a big, big proponent of putting houses into trust for my retirees or my soon-to-be retiree clients because here's a a couple of things I know. A couple of things I know About a middle class family, so I'm gonna I'm gonna make up a definition. This is this is Tim's definition of a middle class family. Um, an economist may disagree. Heck, you may disagree. But my definition, my radio show, my definition, right? my definition is this: a middle class family owns a home, or they could own a home, they just haven't paid it off yet, or they could own a home and they uh, they've just decided to rent for some reason particular to them, right? So they've got enough money to own a house and they've got some other money. Because by Tim's definition, if you own a house and you don't have any other money, you're probably not middle class. If you can't afford a house, but you got a little bit of money, you're probably not middle class, at least by my definition. It doesn't mean I don't love you. It just means by my definition, you're not financially in the middle class. Now, you could have 18 houses, and you're also not in the middle class. But let's just let's just talk about middle class clients. Because so many so many of my clients are middle class, upper middle class clients, They're working folks who have saved some money, retired school teachers, retired blue collar workers, you know, uh, retired office workers, and and I've got my house and I got some money in the bank, um, but with nursing homes being two, uh, well, today's dollars one hundred eighty thousand dollars a year. If I go into that problem, well, I'm going to lose it all, right? Because at one hundred eighty grand, so let's let's say I'm working with a family. And I've, I've worked with this family literally a thousand times with a house and maybe say like four or five hundred thousand dollars in a bank. Now, what, what most attorneys are going to tell this family is unfortunately what they're going to say is, hey, look, you're not rich. You probably just need a simple will, right? Which I think is wrong. I think it's bad advice. My own family got that advice and then things went wrong. I see about a half a dozen families a month going broke to nursing homes where that advice was the wrong advice. I, I'm of the opinion that my colleagues in the legal profession routinely are telling people the wrong thing to do. Right? So if you have been told somewhere along the line all you need is a simple will, there's a strong chance I would disagree with that right? because simple wills or any will, for that matter, and I don't know what a simple will is or a complex will. They seem to all be pretty complex to me. But but a simple will or any will is planning for what happens to my stuff when I pass away. I mean that's really the primary purpose, which assumes that there is still stuff there when I pass away. But I'm seeing so many families go broke in nursing homes that I don't believe it is safe to assume there will still be some stuff when you pass away. I think what we need to do is make sure we divide up the stuff when you pass, sure. But why don't we protect some stuff for your retirement? Because if you go into a nursing home, I want to make sure your spouse still has a house to live in and some money in the bank. I had a client in my office this week where um the The healthy spouse of the sick spouse so it was the wife and the husband was in the nursing home, so I got the healthy spouse in in my in my office the this, the husband is in the nursing home he's been in the nursing home for a year right fifteen thousand a month for for a year is one hundred and eighty thousand dollars and the nature of his disability is he's probably going to live a couple of more years so this lady's watching the money just evaporate right they worked 50 years 60 years to accumulate some stuff and the money's leaving on 180 grand a year and she's concerned she's going to lose her house and 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 so we're working on it. We're doing what we call nursing home crisis work, which we can still protect some money. But, but here's my point. If, if we could just go back in time, if we could just put some stuff in, the, in a trust, she doesn't have to worry about it anymore, right? It, it, we don't have this problem. This problem is preventable. But some knucklehead attorney said to this family after he had a dementia diagnosis, early onset dementia, after he had a dementia diagnosis, well, look, you're not rich. All you need is a will, right? Right. Man, all right, well, that's not true. Um, so let's get back to, to what we talked about in the workshop. And you can find out about the workshops on my website at secularlawfirm.com, or you can make it easier for yourself and just go to estateplantim.com. Uh, find the workshops tab, register They're free. You're going to learn a ton of great information, uh, like what I'm about to tell you here. So here's what I know about the family with a house and four hundred grand, A family that owns a house and has some other stuff seems to me is very unlikely to do a reverse mortgage they're very unlikely to access their home equity to buy groceries why because they got other money to buy groceries and everybody kind of understands that for most people you know where i see reverse mortgages making a ton of sense is people who have home equity but not enough other money to get by, okay, well then, you know, maybe we take a look at the reverse mortgage. But for most people, you know, that's, that's not going to be what they're going to do. So if we're not going to access our home equity, then my opinion is why don't we put the house into a trust that says you can't access your home equity because the reality is you're never going to anyway. But now after five years, that house is safe from the nursing home. Right? It could be a three, four $400,000 house. It's safe from the nursing home. Now, let's call this family Fred and Wilma. I like to use Fred and Wilma as an example. Fred and Wilma have their house in a trust. They, they started with a house and $400,000. We put the house into a trust. Fred goes to a nursing home. Now, unfortunately, from the $400,000, we're going to have to spend some money. Wilma is allowed to keep... If, if we want to apply for Medicaid benefits to pay for the nursing home, which of course we do because Medicaid is the only payment source for the nursing home, Wilma is only allowed to keep half the money, but the half the money that she's allowed to keep is capped at about $150,000. Right? So if the family started with $400,000, Fred goes to the nursing home, Wilma's going to spend $250,000 over about two years. And then, the money's gone. Now she's down to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. But once she's down to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, then the state requires Fred to spend some of his income on the nursing home. So not only does the system take two thirds of what they saved, now they're going to take a third of the income as well. or some, you know, it's not always a third, but they're going to take some of the income. So now, if Wilma, here's Wilma. Wilma comes into my office. And she's lost two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Then she applies for Medicaid for Fred. Then she realizes that they used to have three thousand dollars a month in monthly income. Now she's down to two thousand dollars a month in income because she has to give the nursing home some of Fred's income. So the one hundred fifty thousand she was allowed to keep starts getting smaller and smaller and smaller because she's got she um, she has to live off of it. This is this is a situation. Unfortunately, this is a situation we see, we see 10 times a month in our office. I mean, this is really happening to people. They're taking your stuff. They're taking your income. Why? Because you have the audacity to have dementia, which, by the way, one in three of us are going to have. Right? Um, now, let's say we go back in time, we get the house into the trust. Right? Now, it turns out, under the Medicaid regs, that the healthy spouse is allowed to own a house <coughs> so then why in the heck would we put the house into the trust if she's allowed to own it why do we want the house on a trust here's why because if we have the house in a trust wilma technically doesn't own that house it's not her house she's living in a house titled to a trust okay so now we've got four hundred thousand dollars and in, in two hundred fifty thousand, it's about to go to the nursing home but but maybe not anymore because now what we can do with the 250000 is we can go buy Wilma another house. See, Wilma's allowed to own in her own name a house plus the $150,000. So instead of giving a quarter million dollars to a nursing home, why don't we just go buy another house? We've got options now, right? So now Wilma has a quarter million dollar home and $150,000 in the bank, and we haven't yet lost a penny to the nursing home but there's still this other house in the trust but the family decides well we don't really need this other house uh, you know mom is now in this new house so why don't we sell the old house and then the money's in the trust right so now the family has access to the home sale proceeds from the original house could be 300,000 bucks sitting in the trust and mom has a house and mom has $150,000 and now dad is eligible for medicaid and we haven't lost nickel to the nursing home and all we had to do was put a house in a trust now I know that this if you're driving you're listening to this this is kind of difficult stuff for me to explain over the radio Um, but if you come to one of the workshops I will show you a couple of things I will show you why you probably do want to do trust planning middle class upper middle class families you probably do want to do some trust planning Two, I'm going to teach you the difference between revocable trust and irrevocable trust and why the word irrevocable is not scary. In fact, it's an, once you understand how they work, it, it, we love irrevocable trust. I'm not afraid of an irrevocable trust. The irrevocable trust is my friend. It, it's protecting me, right? Um, and third, I'm going to teach you how you can do this in a way that doesn't have to break the bank. See, most people think that trust planning has to be so expensive, but in our law firm – it really doesn't because we, we've created this educational system where we've eliminated so many of the billable hours by doing these classes. That's why that's why we like to do, rather than just getting on the radio and saying, hey, take us up on a consultation. Hey, take us up on a meeting. Um, we do a class, which if I can get 10 families to show up to a class, well, that's 10 hours of billable work that we've eliminated, right? So that's why we do the free class. Um, and so I think you're going to enjoy it. I know you're going to learn a lot because we've been doing this workshop for 10 years. I've I've had thousands of families go through the workshop, thousands of families. Every one of them learns something. I promise you, you're going to learn something. It's a great use of your time. So the workshop takes about an hour and 15 minutes. I don't personally do all of them. Some of my other team members do some of them. But – uh, they really are great. And, and you're going to learn a ton. And if you don't like what we have to say, you don't owe me a penny. If you like what we have to say, we're going to teach you what working with our law firm looks like and how you can get a fantastic estate plan for a really good price. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I, I think it's a great thing. So if you want to learn more about the workshop, um, go to secklerlawfirm.com or, to make it easier on you, estateplanetim.com, estateplanetim.com. Um, And you can register for the workshops. It's free. Again, we're hosting them in Cranberry Township. We have some in South Point uh, and in Monroeville. Uh, You register for the thing. We'll see you there, and and you're going to learn a ton. Now, when I explained this whole thing about how um, just by having Fred and Wilma's house in a trust, um, and I made the point that, look, the – truthfully I think this is all silliness I I, I think it's ridiculous that living in the greatest country in the history of planet earth you have to do some silly thing like put your house in a trust to make sure that if you get the dementia which one in three of us are going to have if I want to make sure my wife has a house to live in I got to put it in a trust but you know what that's kind of my job right I mean the way I look at marriage is my wife is going to have a house to live in and some money in the bank. Period. End of story. The government's not getting in my way. A nursing home is not getting in my way. No one is getting in my way. My wife is going to have a house to live in and some money in the bank. Period. Right. And if that means I have to put the house into some silly trust in order for us to keep it, you know what? I'm going to put my house in some silly trust. And it's unfortunate that, that's the government system. That's the way that the government has decided, that the, the politicians have decided to treat seniors in this country is to make them go broke in nursing homes. But I'm not going broke in a nursing home. My clients aren't going to go broke in nursing homes. I don't want you to go broke in nursing homes. And that usually means doing a little bit of asset protection planning, getting our head out of the sand, and not listening to the people who are telling you, you're not rich. All you need is a simple will you may not be rich i may not be rich i may you know but my house matters to me the savings i do have matters to me and i'm not going to let anybody else take it and so if you think like that if the words that i'm saying are resonating with you a little bit um i've watched my own family members go broke to this system i've watched clients go broke to this system i've watched neighbors go broke to this system and i'm telling you it's not a foregone conclusion that you have to go broke in your senior years you don't have to go broke on long-term care you can protect yourself you just got to learn how to do it and you got to quit listening to the attorneys who do traffic tickets on monday and divorces on tuesday and wills on thursday who have never taken the time to understand how a trust works how the long-term care system works how medicaid works They've never done it. Those attorneys, I'm telling you, they refer the cases to people like me who do this full-time. And if you worked in – you know, I've said this, I think, on the radio show show before. But if I I worked in a dentist's office, like if I were the dental hygienist and I worked in a dentist's office and I saw the same problems – over and over and over every day 10 times a day you need to floss more you need to brush more you need to floss more you need to floss more if if i worked in a dentist's office and i saw those problems a thousand times a week i'd probably floss like 10 times a day right because i've seen the problem so many times that i know how to solve it right well if you worked in my office and you saw the stuff that we see with people going broken long-term care I promise you, you'd probably have your house in a trust because this is a real problem and there is a real solution. you just got to learn how to do it. So go to secularlawfirm.com or go to estateplantim.com. It's the same place. Go to the workshop tab. Register for one of our free workshops. Learn all the stuff I'm talking about here. Learn how to protect yourself. Learn how to protect your money. And more importantly than protecting your money, protect your spouse, protect your kids, Make sure that you don't fall victim to this broken system, because I'm here to tell you that none of the politicians want to talk about it, but the system is broken, and you need to protect yourself. And I hope you learned something on this episode. Uh, I hope um, that you take us up on the offer, but remember, this is for your education. This is not legal advice. I don't know you or your financial situation i got to understand your financial situation before I can make recommendations. So don't consider this legal advice. Don't make any decisions based on this radio show. Come to the workshop. Let's learn more about you, and and we'll get you some great advice. Thanks for listening. This has been the Life & Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm, where great families make great plans. com or call 724-841-1393.